Hello and welcome to the podcast series, Narcissism Revealed with Dr. Provo. Greetings to all of my listeners, not only around the U.S., but around the globe. With that said, let's tune in to the next episode and welcome our special guest. Hello, listeners. We are returning this week with part two of A Daughter's Dreams Deferred. We're going to continue from last week um, as we talked about a narcissistic mother who left her daughter longing for love, appreciation, and approval. Well, part two gets even more interesting as this same guest begins a relationship with her father who has been absent most of her life. So well into her 50s, she begins a relationship with her father and her interview is up next. Let's begin. There, there came this point when you found or you came upon your biological father. And I want you to make the connection in that turn. Tell us about what happened and how that came about, but then reach back and make that connection to your mother. I didn't uh, meet my biological father until I was middle age in my 30s. Um, I had heard about him because I was told about him um, after graduating from high school, which was really ironic because at growing up, I never even thought about the man. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I never thought about who he was. I never thought about who my father was or, or even had a desire to meet. Just didn't have it. It was yes. there. And, and, and to be quite honest, when I think back of when did we, how did we really make the connection? I can't really even remember that. Mm -hmm. I just do remember that um, uh, I did meet him on an occasion uh, when I had to go back to the Midwest uh, for a business meeting. And uh, we did happen to meet up uh, in my birthplace. Mm -hmm. And um, I met him then. Um, and it wasn't until I met him the first time, didn't, meet him, didn't see him again. To, uh, until 10 years later, and then didn't see him again after that until 10 years later. Uh, so it was 10 year increments, you know, between that time. I did talk to him on a couple occasions, you know, and then, then he would call or, or, or I would call, but um, no real um, uh, relationship in, in terms of how I thought it would have been. Mm -hmm. Okay, what, my, what I expected. That it wouldn't be it. So, um, and, and what yeah. was your expectation as you began to talk to him more and more? By the time you were around fifty-five, it had become well, more consistent. And what was your expectation? Well, I I would see him. Uh, I saw him. I could say on a couple occasions when I go back uh, to the back to the East Coast or whatever. Um, I just thought that having not been in my life, all of my life, that there would have been more of a relationship, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and I was really, to be kind of honest, I was kind of fantasized that, oh, he would be so happy to see me, you know, and meet me and maybe try to make up for lost time, you know, all that, you know, I had all those kinds of uh, thoughts in my head, but, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that way. 
mm-hmm. uh, periodically call. It was nothing consistent in calling, you know, nothing about, you know, no talk about coming out to visit mm-hmm. me or spend some time with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, none of that kind of thing. So, you know, and then life, you know, you have life in front of you. So you just go along. You accept that. I just accepted that and just went along with my life. Mm-hmm. Work, school, you know, ministry, home, mm-hmm. you know, and that. Um, and then um, something happened uh, about 10 years ago, which was uh, kind of a strange. My, uh, we went on a vacation back to the East Coast really kind of the strangest uh, vacation we've ever had really couldn't understand it how it all played out but uh, now I know I see that it was calling on calling from God you know um, went back and I saw him and when I saw him I noticed he was not the same man that I had seen 10 years prior mm-hmm. um, he looked uh, like he was a step from being homeless and we're talking about a man who was a social worker for the city of New York. And, um, and so um, I just, I was just taken back. What I didn't know to realize until later that uh, he was actually losing his sight. And, um, but anyway, I'd given him suggestions when I did see him about seeing the doctor, blah, 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 and things like that. And then he, um, after getting home, it was really, uh, I, I just felt really compelled and it was like I couldn't sleep and it just kept going. I think that's some of that, my over-responsibility mm-hmm. and he was my father too, was mm-hmm. kicked in, played a major part, mm-hmm. you know, in that too. Um, and um, after a few conversations and then talking with the a doctor, you know, back there, next thing I know I was on the plane going back there, going back to these coast. And um, that was the start of a nine-year relationship being his caregiver for him. And you brought him back to California, right? Yeah, the first four years I was going back and forth uh, and that got to be uh, quite a burden. It it wasn't making sense because he absolutely had no one to care for him. Mm And uh, he, um, so after about four years, I found that it was just going to be better for me to bring him back here after he had had, uh, um, after he had been hospitalized and they couldn't send him home because no one was there to be there with him. I made a decision to uh, bring him to California, you know, bring him out here to California. Mm -hmm. So become um, his caregiver. Become his full-time caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's, caregiving is full time. I don't care how you put it. You're right. You know, how many hours are there, even if they're in the facility, which, you know, that's a full time, that's a full time responsibility, mm-hmm. you know. And so mm-hmm. that was my first in the introduction uh, to really uh, caregiving on another level. Because mm-hmm. when I really, really realized that most of my life, that's what I've been doing, mm-hmm. caregiving for other people. But this was on a different level with a mm-hmm. different person who, um, who had not been in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was the start of that. Yes. And just to move you along for time's sake, I want you to tell the audience a little bit of your expectation of taking that responsibility. And again, that search for love and appreciation. 
So that expectation, and then tell them what you actually found. Well, I, I really did uh, unknowingly really thank you for because I was just accustomed to doing and doing with and just doing with nothing, you know, uh, just you just do. Mm-hmm. And um, but at one point, um, someone made it aware to me, asked me a question. Has he ever said thank you? I was like, wow, no, this was after a year. Um, and never did. Um, never heard the words I love you or I appreciate you. And that's what I thought. Actually, to be quite honest, I really thought that this season of, the, of, of, our, of our relationship, that I would, we would establish a relationship, a father-daughter relationship that I had never had before with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so that was my expectation that it would, but it wasn't like that at all. I found uh, a, a person who was very consumed with themselves Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very self-centered and it was really, really about him and that I owed that to him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and which he had never been in my life, but, uh, I owed that to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a rocky, uh, nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very disappointing nine years because even after he, his transition, still wish that there would have been more of a relationship mm-hmm. two weeks before he passed though he did say that he loved me mm-hmm. you know but again I realized that that was I was dealing with the person who was didn't have it to give mm-hmm. and that's one thing that I, I, I that's one lesson that I have learned through this whole thing is that if people don't have it they can't give it to you Mm-hmm. And I don't know where it came from that they didn't have it or where they did not receive, where there was a lack of in their life. I just know that if it's not taken care of, if it's not dealt with, and if they, and there's not a desire to want to make a relationship better, he won't make, make he won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't it interesting that it was almost a repeat of your mother? Oh, with, oh I saw it. Actually, it was my relationship with him that really helped me to see better uh, uh, my relationship um, with my mother. With my mother, what I did for him, there would have been no expectation because, you know, I, I came from her that I owed, I felt a sense of owing her because she was my mom and she raised me and blah, blah, blah. This man didn't, he'd have anything. So it made me question, why would you be so rude to me so, um, unloving and uncaring towards mm-hmm. me. And I'm taking, you know, I'm doing this for you and you don't even seem to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to, it's, and I'm able to say, you know, this is the same kind of thing that you have dealt with in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same kind of thing. The only difference is it's a person, mm-hmm. you know? And so it helped me to, 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 it actually really, it, it, um, my healing was accelerated mm-hmm. through that, just the awareness of that, you know, and coming to grips because just coming with the truth of what it is, you know, sometimes you, you know, I know for me, you just, you can't see the truth until it just slaps you in the face. You can't mm-hmm. help but see it then, you know, mm-hmm. and then when it starts, I started seeing the truth, I could really start dealing with it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And, and, and I want to just call out something very interesting and I hope I can say it correctly. It's almost like your mother's dismissing of you are not giving you that validation, that love. You could almost justify it because at least I oh. owed her. I owed her. Yes. But oh, then absolutely. when you moved to him, had he had 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 he been in your life, you would have owed him and you might have been more comfortable. But the fact that, wait a minute, you didn't give anything for me to owe you mm -hmm. kind of turned the light on. Yeah, because see what I was doing, I was operating out of the, Like you said, I was operating out of the sense of where I've come from, you know, mm -hmm. what I had come from. Mm -hmm. And then I, in a sense, kind of start operating uh, that way towards him. Mm -hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, because I was yes. like, I'm doing all this and this and this for you, you know, can't you at least say, you know, I love you, I appreciate you, or thank you, you know, or something like that. And so, but then I saw that where I was there in a minute, because that's what I came out of with an expectation that I owed. So mm -hmm. I didn't owe you anything, but shouldn't you just even be nice, mm -hmm. you know? Instead and, of rude um, and mean rude and mean and uh and actually uh not name calling but um you know just saying some things that were just not nice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at times mm -hmm. and but he but one thing about him he was very blazing about he was saying i remember one time saying to him well you know what it's not always about you he said who else is it going to be about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i said well at least he was honest mm -hmm. you know he didn't mm -hmm. hide it he was very brazen he was he was honest about that and, and I want to uh, say this too. What's interesting is you were the child. And even if you were acting in a way that was over responsible, and, and one time you said to me, narcissism permeates all aspects of my life. And they allowed it. They were the adults. They were supposed to be the caretaker of you. But even though you were unconsciously and inappropriate, inappropriately the parentified child, as we call it, they allowed it. And so can you talk about that statement you made, narcissism, narcissism permeated all aspects of my life? Well, yeah, because it, it, I was in a, a place of, of doing of just, you know, doing, uh, it was a performance-based, uh, and, um, um, I was doing cause I wanted to be perceived or accepted or, you know, in the right way. And so when I did ministry, I did over and above, over and above, you know, um, mm -hmm. at times, uh, and, uh, even to the point where, there was sometimes um, I wouldn't it's necessarily uh, you wouldn't necessarily call it call it abuse, but it was because uh, it was not abuse, and I don't want to even use the word. So I think, but just a um, an expectation from you that was not expected from others, mm -hmm. with with the fact that because you can do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I didn't know when some things that I, if I could do it or not, I just did it, mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, I, I, I got in a sense of 
uh, you know, what we say, doing more than being, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like that, you know, in, in, in my employment. And never had really a sense of um, joy mm-hmm. out of any of that when I was doing, you know, when you're doing something out of obligation and, or duty, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to experience some joy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But didn't think that that was appropriate to even mm-hmm. feel that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, and I think because of that secret, that secret behind the scenes, hope of receiving appreciation, approval, um, acceptance, acceptance in every aspect from work to ministry, to your mother, to your father, and never receiving it, there was like a dying by installment kind of thing going on behind the scenes. Because you weren't, you were pleasing, you were, you were going into that people pleasing mode, but never getting the reward you were seeking. So now you've turned it around. Now you've began to heal. Tell, tell us a little bit of, uh, about that. And then we're going to close after you tell us, what are you doing now to heal? Well, um, actually, uh, it's been about almost two years now since, uh, my father passed, and um, I didn't realize how mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted I was. So I'm pretty much uh, in um, a, a season of resting, restoring, rehabilitating, reviewing, reevaluating all the reads mm-hmm. that I guess you could say relearning, redoing. You know? Kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, I'm still actually really learning how to say, you know, you don't have to be doing all the time. It's okay to rest. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do this and not to feel that you have to do something because it's okay. Because see, I kind of came up with you always have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, so if you're not doing something, you know, something was wrong. So I had to, uh, so I'm kind of relearning that. And actually right now, I'm just being quiet and waiting for God to, in this season, mm-hmm. to uh, lead me to where he wants me to go. Because see, for the most part, and I think about it, I've let other people lead me mm-hmm. for so many years by what they want. I want to be God-led. Mm-hmm. into his the purpose the plan that he has for me mm-hmm. I want that you know mm-hmm. and uh it's just like he it's a new audience now mm-hmm. so I'm really reflecting uh, more deeply on a personal and a spiritual level mm-hmm. and just rest in learning how to rest in that you mm-hmm. know and to always know that I don't have to always make it happen mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it was a lot of what uh, me doing. I felt like I was responsible to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned earlier, you didn't have healthy boundaries. No. And, and are didn't. you working on that too? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and in that, and, uh, and difficult, you know, in that, because mm-hmm. when you have um, a blurred boundaries or no boundaries at all, you, um, so I mean, I found that I 
was, was pulled into a lot of things that I didn't necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. And then later realized that they were things that I didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, there were other people. You, I, I found that um, sometimes I was doing things that other that was totally not my responsibility or, or my business to even be to do it. But because I was in that very much of a fix it, accepted people pleasing, you know, it's going to be all right kind of thing with us if I do this. I, I, I didn't know how to set healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And how is that working with your mother? Your mother's still here. And yeah. to go all the way back to where it all bega- began, how is that working out as you set boundaries with her? And I know that's really been a, a, a struggle. Uh, yes, and it, um, it's been a struggle. And uh, when I'm able to sit and be thoughtful about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do what I do, I still struggle with hearing the message. Uh, or the or having that expectation that I should be doing this, and so it is a struggle uh, for me still. But when I can sit still with it, I can sit still with the thinking. I can sit still in in my meditation and in prayer, and things come clear to me. Mm-hmm. I can do it, however strange it might feel. But I have a peace with it when I'm finished, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 a struggle mm-hmm. um, but it's ongoing and it's and it's oh my goodness it's not like it used to be and thank god mm-hmm. you know yeah and see finally and i'll say this for, so so the audience will understand the narcissistic part of it is that she knows that you have the expectation so she plays it the 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 beautiful yeah. part of it is you're finally taking responsibility for you and exactly. not for her. See, before yeah. she knew the expectation was there, so she was playing it and you went along yeah. with her. Now, thank goodness, you're taking responsibility yeah. for you exactly. and you're letting her have whatever whatever she has. But you're, you're finally saying my healing is my responsibility. Exactly. And that's what I love about your process. Yeah. Actually, I tell you, I used to see it like this. And I don't know, uh, Dr. Carroll, I might have shared it with you before in one of our conversations. They used to throw the hook out. Yes. They didn't even have to bait it. The hook was out there and I would just take it and run with it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, you would just hook it so to yourself. Just and be hook dragged. it to myself and do whatever, whatever needed to be done. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have to bait, you know, they just throw the hook out there and I would do it. And I think that was it. And that, that was with uh, both of the relationships. But the beauty of me taking responsibility for my healing is that now when the hooks come, it's I almost like to say, even before they throw the hook now, I can recognize it. Excellent. As is as is so it's 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 been such a, it was such a part of my life. I just know when it's coming. And I can and I can even allow them to throw the hook out there and I can just sit and look at it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I can respond in the way that I I need to respond. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I can feel that peace with it and I know it's okay. Beautiful. So yeah, it's uh but we but I realized that I wasn't going to get better until I made a decision to uh, do my do my part in the healing, and that I could not keep going back to the place where I got sick. 
thinking yes. I was going to get healed, you know, and not, to recognize and to recognize other areas in my life where uh, the same kind of thing was in happen and do the same thing. And it's, and it's hard. It was hard mm-hmm. for me to, to, to relearn and rethink and redo things. Uh, but it was so, it, but it's so empowering it um, and to be at peace with it and not to be angry and not to be over oh, with me, you know, but just to be at peace. It is so empowering. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it was just to take responsibility for my healing. Yes. Well, we're, we're going to wrap up and I want to leave the audience with something very, very profound. You changed my life with this statement and I want to just make sure I emphasize it for the audience. And that is you can't get well where you got sick. And I have taken that into my spirit and I just want to thank you for your honesty and just your willingness to share your story, which has been very, very painful, but to be willing to step out to help someone else who's struggling with that family of origin, you know, well into middle age and beyond. It's the mm-hmm. adult, it's the adult victim yes. that, that, that still carries the baggage sometimes from the family of origin. And I want to thank you. This is going to help many, many people. Well, I, I hope so, especially of people who are victims, that they can recognize it so they don't push it on their own children, yes. you know, to do that. Because it has to be something that will stop that generational curse yes. you know, that yes. goes on and on. And yeah. we want the victim, just like you have, to become the survivor from victim yes. to survivorship. And that is victory. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you. And we're going to stay on the call after this. Um, but thank you, audience, for listening. And you can say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye. And God bless you on your journey, on your healing journey. Take care. Thank you all for listening. And for more information about narcissism, you can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Until the next episode, stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye.